Have you found yourself confused in these uncertain times? Have you been seeking clarity? Have your dreams been odd lately? Let's talk about it. Are you interested in magic? With a K. Do you want to get revenge? With magic? All these topics and more on the Steiger Tapes. Hello, I'm Jack Steiger, and this is The Steiger Tapes. This week, we have Andy Highroller. If his voice sounds familiar to you, that would be because he produced the new intro for this podcast. I count Andy as one of my closest friends. We commonly have deep diving discussions, and I'm glad to have one on record. Enjoy. What's up, fool? You're late. I know. I apologize. I just had to. Um, I had to steal some water from my grandfather's nurse. You're not on time. <laughs> I yeah. Isn't that weird? You know, I think the impetus for this episode was, you know, because you and I talk regularly, and we had, you know, you and I are going through some weirdness, and I don't mean like relationship stickiness weirdness i mean like it seems like there's like some metaphysical entanglement going on i don't know how much of that we should talk about because it is (laughs) there's some uh rather uh starkly personal stuff going on there but um well i am currently uh sharing my apartment with the ghost of my former landlord i was gonna put Um, that up there is one of the first things we should talk about is because like i do like with the kind of relaunch of my podcast i wanted to not talk to because i don't think stand-up comedy is a thing anymore so i don't really want to talk to stand-up comics anymore but you're one of those people who's doing things outside of stand-up and you also uh have a case of the spookies (laughs) yes yeah i have lived in this apartment for three years i am very used to all the pops and creaks and oddities that come along with any uh house and um about two months ago my landlord died uh, on the property Mm -hmm. uh, like 15 feet away in fact and Mm -hmm. since that time there are multiple new noises uh very like very apparent, not even like ambient noises, like the footsteps outside. I'm used to it, but now it seems like there's something coming up most nights. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Like, um, I'm pretty sure you're dealing with a haunting and that kind of has some like, you know, cause I'm not even too clear on what ghosts are. But I have a feeling that there's some kind of like the the soul of that man is now entangled in the spirit of that place. Because you actually mentioned you found him and he was in in between. He was on the property line between the house you were living at and the one right over. 
And that to yes. me is very interesting because that's a liminal space. And in like, you know, on the purely, you know, on one level of analysis, that's just a property line. But in the, in a kind of animist metaphysical woo-woo way, <laughs> like that's a border. That's a, that's almost like a crack that things can slip in between. I feel compelled yes. to come over and, and free him. <laughs> the um, I don't think he wants to be freed. I, I did talk to his daughter, at which point she said, you know, it, it's kind of spooky because both my mother and father died in this house. And then she went on to talk for, uh, you know, she went on to talk about how for the last 15 years or so, as he was getting older, they were trying to talk him into... Uh, going to some sort of assisted living facility or retirement village, village, and she must have said ten times, yeah, he just wouldn't leave this house, like on repeat, you know? So uh, wow. that, I, that idea in while he was living, I would assume is persisting post-living. See, now that you mention that, it's very possible she's just gaslighting you. sure what the point would be i and the, yeah. <laughs> yeah she's just but, uh, she's doing what i did to angela noise. last night oh the few, I, I, mean, I, we, I, did, we didn't follow through on that i forgot no that. I, I kept repeating just for the listeners i don't know how how good radio this is but I, we're trying to i'm we're trying to gaslight my friend angelo into thinking i'm programming him the phrase that i went with was i kept repeating in uh, offhand uh the the phrase the future is chrome <laughs> okay i'll see what i can do with that yeah, and we'll then I'll, I'll subtly bring it up and then we'll see how it goes yeah hopefully he doesn't listen to this but i doubt he will um but yeah no um yeah no it does seem like you are calling out of a of a, of a spooky house so mm -hmm. that makes you uh an, an apropos guest for this podcast but you and I go way back. Like, I suppose it would be good for the listeners to know, you know, you and I are kind of like OGs in the Asbury Park comedy scene. Well, we started out as OG Enemies, which was based on a lot of testosterone and alcoholism. Oh, yeah. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that, was, that was kind of a fun era in itself because we're both exceptionally good at shit, shit talking, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, over time, our mutual enemies, in a very art of war way, united us. <laughs> no, yeah. And I, that, you know, it just occurs to me now that um, it's not completely a non sequitur to talk about the comedy scene thing. Because I think one of the main things we should talk about, based on just the odd coincidences that we've been having, is we're talking about time and views of time. And I think... What we're dealing with now in the world at large is an, an epochal shift. And there's a few things at play. Um, astrological significations and just, I think, the kind of the life cycle of the American empire coming to an end. And like, I think you and I kind of, <laughs> we saw the rise and fall of the Asbury Park comedy scene. Do you, true or false to that statement? True. Yeah. And 
so we saw this kind of like I guess in some sense a microcosm of what's going on in the world at the moment just this kind of like promising you know coming together of of plucky ambitious comics pounding concrete going to open mic setting up shows and some of them going to New York and all that and then just this you know and then and then crony capitalism took over <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure whether there was an organic comedy scene developing or like it's a pretty interesting business model if you break it down. Like you need a microphone and a speaker and then you'll have 40 borderline personality people show up with some sort of substance abuse issue, preferably alcohol at your venue. <laughs> so you're selling, you know, so in that respect, is, com- is is a comedy scene organic or is it just filler in between becoming a dive bar and an establishment of uh, more repudiation? I, 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 I kind of see what you're saying. Um, um, there are some things I could say about that, but I don't want to get too that down in the weeds. Um, okay. But I think... Um, I'm just trying to think of a good way to like set this off, but we were talking about time and I was coming at you with like the kind of view about like, like you have this view about like time as we see it is just an, the way you described it is an anthropomorphization of anxiety. Yeah. Okay. Explain that to me. Well, I think in the most basic sense, things do take a certain amount of time, like scientifically, mm-hmm. like uh, about nine months to, um, you know, have a child and, uh, you know, your heart beats so many times, etc. But then a lot of the way we talk about it after the very scientific or after the very nature, it, it, it kind of becomes like an animal in itself. Like, do I have the time to do this? How much time have I had on stage? How many, you know, uh, years at a career? And um, all these measures kind of do provide a lot of anxiety to modern life, which might not necessarily need to be there. Yeah, I I think, um, you know, there's this thing I was like the, the, the whole concept of like the kind of rigid view of time of just like you know 60 minutes and 60 seconds and all that that actually comes from sumeria and um if you look at the mythology of sumeria that's where a lot of like the kind of ancient alien the conspiracy theory version of ancient aliens comes out of because their mythology is like humans were made out of mud and they were created purely to serve and that's where you get the 60 minutes, 60 seconds kind, uh, measurement of time. And that's interesting to me because that's that, that the way that has kind of that system that permeates the world and that we all kind of observe and live by is comes from a belief system where we are just lowly inferior servant, servile creatures. Um, well, Mitch Hedberg was asked at one point, what is your definition of success? And he said something to the extent of being able to wake up whenever I want to wake up. 
So essentially it's chucking oh, yeah. time, you know? Yeah, no, that's actually really, really good. And that's something, yeah. And something and that... I don't... Go on. I don't think... I don't think most people have, in their adult lives, really, truly been free of time. Uh, I spent uh, two or two and a half weeks in Costa Rica, and in the middle of that trip, it was wake up when the sun is warm, go to bed when you feel like going to bed, and there was eat when you're hungry. Um, and I was truly free of time for about five or six days in the middle of that trip. And it was a very unique experience. Yeah, it's, uh, there's something to be said about, like, you know, there's, there's, a, the whole, there's that adage about if you're enjoying yourself, time seems to go fast. And if you're, if you're kind of, you know suffering through something it seems to go slow but i mm -hmm. think there is phenomenologically there is some truth to that like it's like if it felt slow it probably like from your perspective it it's it's slow right and yeah. i'm reminded of something the aboriginals say in australia which is okay. the uh they 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 just they'll sometimes in at least some cases they'll describe you know, they instead of describing something in terms of days, like it's like you know they they don't say like we shall uh you embark on a ten day journey. They'll say like something like the journey will take ten sleeps. Yeah, and that's probably like the infrastructure of the system that we use now. Like that is the most recidivist form of it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then it's, you know, I, uh, yeah, it's like, there's other things though. Like, would you rather have, you know, Jerry Garcia died at 55? And I remember people at the time being like, well, I'd take 55 of his years rather than 80 years of uh, a more boring life. So there's definitely a quantity over quality metric to time. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And I don't, Oh yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's and again, I think it comes back to that. There's something in, there's something pernicious about that kind of sixty seconds thing. Like, in my you know prep for this podcast, I was actually listening to two episodes of a particular podcast. So, um, I don't know if I should mention that guy's name, but um, it's basically I'm regurgitating a lot of things that he said, but uh, he did, uh, pointed out this thing about how like a train schedule like doesn't care about you the trains are like gonna run and it's like you get to the train at 6 15 a.m and if you miss it you don't get on the train and it takes people out of the equation like it, it's this whole system that is about trains like it's like it 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 it, it, it it's sort of um it, it's it's it dehumanize it's sort of a system that is literally inhuman. Like it literally prioritizes like essentially mechanical efficiency over the human experience. And I wonder if there's any crossover etymology with the word train 
as in the locomotive and train as in the forming of a set of ideas. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think there is. It has something to do with like, I think there is like procession, you know, like I think train, I don't know. I'd have to look into it. But, um, yeah, yeah, I'm always surprised. I'm all about like etymology of words because there's like, as a magician, like there is some linguistics are extremely important in magic and pro and you know the meta there seems to be a, at least partially at least the, reality seems to have at least partially a linguistic quality um but uh i digress but something that i think we should talk about is cycles like i'm I, i'm very interested in in the in a in in cycles of time Right, because I think we right. we're we're dealing with we're actually dealing with a few different cycles, like uh, that are all kind of coming to a head now, and it's it's quite alarming, quite frankly. Um, I go on. I think when we first got into this, I had mentioned something about uh, if anybody remembers that in 2012 was the end of the Mayan calendar doomsday event and you know uh -huh. some people believed in it more than others obviously mm -hmm. and when nothing happened a lot of people were in the camp of like see it's all hocus pocus but when you're dealing with an object or a planet as old as earth um doomsday could be you know compared doomsday for a human is obviously the day of a death probably right mm. but when you're coming to the death of a planet that's been around for X amount of million years, doomsday might be a prolonged event. We could still be in the, you know, um, 20, you know, the Mayan thing in 2012 could have just been the start of the doomsday for the planet, which is a, you know, a blink of an eye for the planet, but it's our lifetime. Oh you know? yeah. That's interesting. And <clears throat> Something I've been thinking about a lot lately is, so it was December 21st, 2012 was the end of the Mayan calendar. But the, um, you know, there are some people who would say something happened. Like, it definitely feels like stuff changed. Like, that there was like a kind of, uh, like a sort of a, uh, just like a pressure change in the cabin. But um, one thing I think about a lot is the fact that Recently, in December 21st, 2020, there was something called a Jupiter-Saturn conjunction, which take place approximately every 20 years. But the element of signs in which they take place, that changes every approximately 200 years. And one of, the, one of those 200-year cycles began anew on December 21st of 2020. And there's this way in which every single, you know... Like, I think I may have mentioned animism every episode of this pod, multiple times, certainly during this episode. And, <laughs> but, and every conversation we've had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm annoying as fuck. But um, the uh, there's a way in which every December 21st is sort of the same December 21st. It, it's, okay. it, it's hard to explain, like, but, like, it's sort of like anything... And this is actually a cycle of time that's independent of astrology it's sort of like we we have this calendar and in a sense we've invented it but it's sort of like you know again it's like 
something I say all the time is that Jung quote, like people don't have ideas, ideas have people. So it's possible the kind of calendar that we have, the kind of Western Gregorian 12-month calendar is an idea that possessed people and it created itself in the world. So there is something about, there's significance in the fact that, you know, um, if you share a birthday with somebody, like there is a kind of way in which you're in, re you're in some kind of resonance with everyone born on, you know, if you were born on July 2nd, you're in resonance with or connected to everyone who was born on July 2nd or like, you know, a saint whose feast day is on July 2nd. You're, you're, you're kind of harmonizing with them in a way. And so it's just very interesting to me that December 21st, 2012 and December 21st, 2020. And there's this, it's almost like, I just, whenever I think about the moment that we're going through now as a world, like I just, I just see like various clocks. Like I kind of was in my own mind, like I kind of, this image of just various clocks and they're all kind of pointing in generally the same direction, but they're also like ref, uh, reflective lenses and they're, and they're sort of aligning and they, there's points where they overlap and there's this beam that's coming through all of them. If the, I don't know if that that's, if I competently describe that, but there's... Um, I think at this point it might be interesting to break down because what you just described is a pretty esoteric concept and I think that kind of represents a difference, an almost polar difference in our belief systems. I think... I don't know how you would, I would describe you as maybe 85% esoteric and 15% like scientific and pragmatic. Uh -huh. I don't know if that feels accurate to you. Oh yeah, no, I would say, um, yeah, I aspire to be a hundred percent witchy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would probably say that I'm about 25% witchy and the rest of it uh, is science and pragmatism. And obviously the nihilism, which yeah. you detest so much. Yeah. But um, I do see some of these patterns, whether you were talking about birthdays a moment ago. Uh, mm -hmm. Facebook memories is always a very interesting thing because before that was, uh, you know, like just a clickbait thing, uh, all of that stuff, all that information was accruing. And when it finally was, you know, the, the entity that it is now, I can go back and click on a day and I'll see two posts like, man, you know, it would be like May 15th is always a bad day at work, you know, uh, mm, yeah. for a couple of years. Now, I don't remember making those individual posts, but the fact that that stuff kind of always seems to line up, that the posts from years back have a similar tone, a significant portion of the time lends to my 25% uh, matrix esoteric yeah. ideas. Those are rookie numbers. We got to get those up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I feel you. That's something that I, I, yeah, it's, it. there is a peculiar, like I have like a feeling that days are alive and it's sort of like, they they have a they do have a personality like anything you can point to it's not even if it has a name anything that you can theorize like in principle give a name to i consider alive and have a person essentially or a spirit whatever term you prefer so it is possible that for some reason may 15th has it out for you 
Yeah, and I've seen these other patterns, particularly when I was driving for Uber, where I would go months without somebody leaving something in my car, mm-hmm. and then if one person early in the night left something in my car, uh, it would be two other people that night, and then again in absence of that for months. But it was never really a solo event. And Ooh, yeah. after that happens enough, you kind of have to sit back and just be okay with there's other factors at play to what we know is reality yeah i think and this actually ties in very well first of all what that reminds me of is this thing that rupert sheldrake talks about called morphic resonance and the idea with that is like it, he he it's basically a, a theory that he's presented that accounts for things like you know if you teach a group like a group of monkeys how to unlock a door to get food in a controlled setting like they're in a lab mysteriously monkeys of that same species that are outside of that laboratory will learn how to unlock doors to get food and yeah and there's a they call that um ancestral knowledge right well, I'm not sure if it's ancestral knowledge because it seems that they're concurrent monkeys. Like these ain't, oh. yeah. It's not. It's not a intergenerational thing. It seems to be concurrently alive. Um, concurrent monkeys are actually playing in Asbury Park next week. <laughs> if you want to get yeah. tickets, yeah. Uh, people braving a pandemic for live entertainment. Goodness me. Um, but um, it it's sort of like. There's this thing that I have. I'm not sure if this is exactly morphic resonance, but it's sort of like if a thing has happened in the... Oh, no, here's what it is. It's uh, crystals. Um, If you create a specific type of crystal, this has been demonstrated in labs. Like it takes a long... It can take a long time to create a crystal, like a specific type of crystal, a very specific, you know, pattern or what have you. Um, It becomes easier to replicate that crystal in future experiments and not just because you knew how to do it. Like it somehow um, greases up the grooves to do some to create that crystal to, uh, or it, it greases up the grooves of the process of crystal formation. So what I would say is that if somebody lost or left something in your car while you were Ubering, mm-hmm. that sort of, it's, this is so weird. And I, it's sort of like it, greases the grooves of the concept of leaving things in your car i don't know if that makes sense but it's sort of it makes enough sense um interesting to your crystal thing uh it does take a long time to make crystals it does not take a long time to make ice crystals Mm -hmm. and if you ever want to blow your mind a little bit look into some of these uh I believe the conspiracy term for them is water wizards. But the people who do experiments with ice crystals and stuff like that, and the patterns that evolve when water is frozen under specific circumstances, and it's very interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, and, mm-hmm. well, uh, and it's all with that stuff, it's all about replicability and, you know, kind of parallels what you were talking uh yeah patterns man patterns are crazy yeah and i guess there was the other thing that it made me want to talk about which is the thing i called you earlier and you know because we we just you know we just be kicking it and um 
um, I called you and I, there was something I was going to talk to you about, but I wanted to save it for the podcast. And I think that this, what we're talking about now segues into that is the, I have this approach now, or I'm experimenting with it. It's this idea that the waking world, I sort of am not trying to, as often as I can look at the world and I ask, I ask, I hold the question, if this were a dream, what would it be telling me? Because I, there, there's something dreamlike, I think, to reality. And it's, it's, uh, and I was going to talk to you about this on the, like, just off the record, but it seems like with, you know, you're someone who's experienced a lot of synchronicities and that that's primarily yeah. been, and I guess the, your current haunting as well, but you've touched base with the paranormal world. Um, yes. And I, and so have I, and I was thinking like, it's sort of dreamlike. Cause it's like, if, if I were, you know, cause I've been in the midst of like these peak experiences where I'm just like dealing with like one synchronicity after the other. And it's like, what the, what the hell is going on? Like, and it's this just, and, and it's confounding. Yeah. And then I, and then I like kind of, it's, it's almost like I'm in like a bull in the middle of a China shop and I just kind of feel the delicate interconnectedness of things. And I, I'm just trying to listen and pay attention. And it's so weird and surreal and and i'm not sure if everyone experiences this but i do i would say most people have and do and let me see, we'll go on let me see if i can get through this thought process and have it be coherent um you interpret these things from dreams and synchronicity or deja vu and that's that's a completely reasonable way to look at things mm -hmm. um there is a theory regarding time that some events are so powerful, uh, while it's easy to demonstrate how they affect the future, mm -hmm. um, you know, A happens, then B happens, then C happens. There's an idea regarding time that some events are so powerful that they can affect the future, which is obvious, but the past, which is way less obvious. Mm -hmm. Um the jokey kind of fun version of this is with like the Simpsons and 9-11 stuff. There's a lot of synchronous images and events that happened on the Simpsons that kind of parallel what happened on 9-11. Mm -hmm. That I kind of consider like, you know, child's play or maybe most importantly, no, um, there was a guy who was a grandchild of one of the Tuskegee Airmen. And he was a sculptor and he had his sculpting studio in one of the trades and he had uh, been commissioned to do a memorial statue for the Tuskegee Airmen, which he chose to create a bronze cast of himself in flight gear with multiple planes crashing into the statue to, you know, honor the Tuskegee Airmen. And he died on 9-11 in the Trade Center by having planes essentially crash into him. Now, was that guy connected to something else? Did that image, that idea come to him in a dream? What, you know, um, it's certainly a concept that deserves a little bit of investigation. Yeah, and it's, 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 uh, it's sort of like 
there's something symbolic about that and some and it sort of ties the idea that i kind of what i initially broached with this point is like there's something dreamlike about the waking world like it's i think yeah it's i just, think this is where you and i would split hairs you would probably see it as some like dreamlike um thing where i would kind of just from my viewpoint look at it as like not to be trite but a glitch in the matrix well you know it could well be i mean to, as far as we're concerned it could be a well i'm not sure it's hard to say it, it's i was going to say it could just be a glitch in the matrix for us but the reason that that happened i don't know it could just be yeah and as you say initially like what you initially said is like i there are some events that are so large in their scope that they kind of ripple out into not just the collective unconscious but reality itself and that might account yeah. for that so like this 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 imminent disaster was in the imagination and because you know it, it's been said before that artists are sort of the antenna for a, a civilization and um and you know if you factor in the fact that the imagination is very likely the spirit world then that adds uh, quite a bit of significance to what artists do um yeah like i don't even watch the news i just uh, watch I just I just watch uh, movie trailers to find out what's coming up for the world. Uh, <laughs> um, along that vein, you know uh, the the public psyche. I've always had a theory that the public psyche, depending on how they're enjoying their time, right? So in in, in times when America is doing well, uh, I believe there's correlating data to show that we've been obsessed with vampire culture, right? So if America is doing well and you're having a good life of you, then you become obsessed with living longer and creatures that can live longer. But if you if times are bad, then typically zombie uh, apocalyptic things are the movie trailers. And I think that is a kind of an interesting representation of where the psyche of a you know, population is at. That's really interesting. I'd have to look into that to see if that maps, but that actually is very interesting because then that kind of has, that would to me kind of imply that it has something to do with the dead, like ancestors, because, you know, vampires and zombies, what they have in common is that they're undead or dead. And, um, right. That's interesting. I've looked into it enough to kind of decide that it correlates strongly, but it's going to, you'd have to break it down by age groups mm -hmm. to really see the patterns, mm -hmm. you know? Uh huh. Um, but yeah, it's interesting stuff. Yeah. You know, because one thing I've heard is like part of what, why, you know, civilization seems to be breaking apart at the seams has to do with like, the ancestral curse of like empire like empire displaced and murdered a lot of indigenous people in its expansion and when i say empire i'm not just talking about america i'm also talking about britain and p potentially rome as well displaced and killed a lot of people and what we're dealing with now is sort of like 
the 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 cumulative curses that have been put on us by the spirits of these people that have died because of imperialism and so there's something i don't know there's some way in which that ties to your notion of um vampires the, the vampire zombie dichotomy i find that quite interesting um yeah because uh, i mean you know again you know it, it, and this is not an argument but i just like see it as a reasonable extrapolation of capitalism mm-hmm. and you know there could you know there's certainly um psychological things tied to it and i'm not so sure if there's astrological or mythological things uh tied to it and i'm not using i'm not intending to use the word mythological in a derogatory way this podcast is over (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness i have snubbed the (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah so that's i think i'm not sure i i guess we took i think we hit all the notes we wanted to on time so i guess this podcast is over but uh well, not entirely i think we do have we can we can, we can you know we're just a couple of guys kicking it poke around in the dark a bit <laughs> um i always like when the french would refer uh to an orgasm as le petit mort which Ooh. is the small death yeah you know? uh-huh and um you know and yeah uh, so in a way right uh, the the time of an orgasm, which is incredibly short, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in the moment, seems incredibly long. Like it is truly cathartic in the way that everything but that is most likely severely in the background and in that respect the small death thing is a very interesting comparison yeah and you know the permanence of death and the you know inconsequential seconds of an orgasm have been paralleled historically and they're both measurements of time you know yeah and it's again going back to what I, i said early on in the podcast about liminal places like it is sort of liminal orgasm was very big in the night in magic in specifically 90s chaos magic because there was this trend of like creating a sigil which uh long story short is basically um uh, your desire written out as a sentence and then compressed into a single symbol and then you look at in the 90s chaos magicians a lot of them would look at it while they you know got off and then the idea is that 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 the, the orgasm creates a break in consciousness through which this abstraction of your desire can slip into the collective unconscious and thereby manifest and uh i would say that i mean i don't know i don't want i don't want to admit that i've done it but <laughs> the it's one of those things that like seems to work like the first the first one or three times it seems to work like almost like a genie um but uh well we talked about a little we we kind of talked about this a little bit on kp burke's american loser podcast with jack parsons and he was kind of uh engaged in this concept of uh ritual masturbation 
for it and ritual well i guess ritual orgasm in general ritual sexual activity i'm not so yeah. you know mm -hmm. yeah it does it does seem to be a way to connect with something else and stop time and I don't know. You know, I think that maybe it deserves more thought than we think it does. Maybe there is something to it. Yes. Yes. Oh God, yes. I, <laughs> I mean, I would probably lead. I would probably like investigate it and lead to some kind of like your um, just you know erasing a few ones and zeros and putting your own ones and zeros in and kind of a weird uh, maybe power fluctuation to a matrix thing yeah and you know i'm sure that uh, jack parsons and the uh chaos magician fellows would have a different angle on it well i mean the the that community is very varied and it all it has a lot there's a lot of different opinions going on about all kinds of things um but uh um, pro and con jerking it i i there's again it's just so many different yeah no there probably are some people who uh like as i said that was big in the 90s with in the chaos magic scene and nowadays it's not really that i think that's something that p beginning magicians do um and quite it, i think that yeah it's one of those things there is it's 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 weird there is that you know the adage about beginner's luck and uh, that actually yeah. seems to be a re like literally there is beginner's luck in magic I think, um, where like your early ventures into magic are kind of stupendously successful, and um, and then they taper off a bit. Another time thing, which is weird because that doesn't really make yeah. sense exactly. Like it, it should stand to re it would stand to reason like in like a you know a normie model of time it would just be like your first it would be like riding a bike like it's like you get on the bike and you you you're at first bad at it but then you get good at it but it seems like your first few attempts at magic are really good then it tapers off and then it you kind of get good at it again um and that kind of parallels comedy in a lot of ways uh over the years we have seen many people who have had a limited amount of stage experience get on stage and do quite well for six months eight months and then the more time they spend developing the craft uh you know i hate referring to comedy as a craft and i apologize to everybody but the more time they uh spend developing they don't grow or they get worse and and that you know so in that context, you know, the, um, what's that, prodigy type of thing, I mean, I guess that exists everywhere, but it is, a, the fact that prodigies do exist seems to be evidence that time doesn't matter like we think it does, mm -hmm. or perhaps doesn't matter at all. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's almost like a cycle model, and it's unique to like because not everything is like stand up and magic in that way like it's like i i agree there are some people whose pathway in comedy was and i'm going to refer to it in past tense because we can call it a craft now because it's archaic um <laughs> it's it's old timey it's an anachronism stop doing it um the future is chrome yeah <laughs> um 
so uh the the it's a cycle model onto itself like it's sort of like you know it, it has its own like there's this thing i i read it in a science fiction novel i, I don't know it's maybe a more popular story um but it or it's like this kind of it's this it's sort of i think it's sort of like a i'm not sure if it's it's not a riddle but it's like a maybe maybe it's character it's it's a folk tale or something but basically there's a guy and he for, for some reason he's looking through a fence and there's a hole in the fence or or no one of the slats is missing in the fence so he's looking through it and he sees horses pass by and um he keeps see, he's watching these horses pass by one after the other and he's just I guess in the tale, he's he's extremely, um, he he's like trying to figure it out. He's trying to figure something out, and then finally, after seeing several horses pass by, he jumps up and he goes, "It's so obvious, the head causes the tail." Sure. So, I think that that is sort of. I think that that's sort of about time, and specifically, cycle models of time. Because it's sort of like, it's not that the head causes the tail, it's that the head and the tail, like, it's all the same entity. And, and you know, it's it's this the same object, and it's circulating, and it's it's got one body, and it's, and it's, and it's moving, and it's revolving. And we're seeing that, like, we, we see that in history with the rise and fall of empires, and, and, um you know, trends coming and going and the rise and fall of comedy superstars or what have you? Um, I have an uncle, and I haven't spoke about this much. I have an uncle who's had cerebral palsy and uh, it's one of those diseases that can lead to like, you know, uncomfortable um, physical things and just straight up uh, wheelchair things. Uh, my uncle is one of those people who has been in a wheelchair since like about 12 um, he's, he's lived in a home and uh, I guarantee you that he, what he experiences as time and what I experience as time are so vastly different that if we were to write about them it would be apparent. And uh, I guess maybe that's one of the reasons why, I, you know, why I've always been fascinated with the concept. And I think everybody should pay more attention to the way that they define something that we all kind of take for granted. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good note to end on. Um, so yeah, the uncle in the wheelchair was my closer. <laughs> you we know we all we, everyone who knows you knows that you're you're you uh you you loved you and i are very good at self-sabotage and uh bring <laughs> those were the days you know um my ancestors were bridge burners yeah <laughs> um but um so i'll give you an opportunity here to talk about what you're into because you're you're doing some exciting things that are not stand-up I, uh, I'm trying to, I've been obsessed with the idea of, uh, random and the rando knots 
like subreddit and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I have an idea that in the future, all entertainment will be provided by some sort of random content generator, kind of the way that, you know, in a prototypical way, the way uh, the algorithms suggest videos for you on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it only makes sense to a certain point that eventually there will be no actors or actresses and there will be no ideas anymore. Well, there will be ideas, but there'll be less ideas. But when it comes specifically to entertainment, there will almost be like a random content generator. Uh And um, because I see that as the future, I am kind of in this mode right now of turning myself into a random content generator which is i'm producing stories odd interviews um some prank call stuff uh not trying to limit i I think the future is definitely not limiting yourself to one particular aspect of entertainment oh yeah no i i yeah i'm very excited about what you're doing you know um, and, uh, what is the name of the, of where can people find this at the moment? Uh, Andy High Roller, spelled like it sounds, uh, on YouTube, um, link, subscribe and share. And I will fully also warn you that I'm probably not the guy, but when the guy that masters what I'm doing is very, very popular, he might mention me in a blurb. <laughs> In his autobiography, at some point. Damn, you so self-effacing. No, you know what? You know what we're gonna do? We're gonna get you into magic, and you're gonna be the guy, and we're gonna use magic to get you into that number one spot. And and I, yeah, if and, I get into magic, I have three good jerk offs, so I better not waste them. All right, yeah, yeah, no, that's where we need to end. <laughs> <laughs>